and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this 16th episode is for the week of August 13th, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our Animal Ambassador of the Week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome a new friend of mine, astrologer, tarot reader, and avid traveler, Akila, uh, on the podcast, as we have a discussion on creative action, first quarter moon in Scorpio. And just a little FYI, as Mercury Retrograde is certainly playing his tricks right now, uh, uh, we did have a little trouble in the audio department, so I do apologize if there's some cutting in and out of our dialogue um, and some volume discrepancies. So hopefully that won't be too much of a, of, of a, a blockage in listening, but I think it's, I think it's still all good. Um, so before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for only $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady is now in her waxing phase as we have just come off of last weekend's solar eclipse in Leo. Uh, And so Luna starts out the week in the discerning Earth sign of Virgo before moving into the partnership-oriented Libra later in the evening. She will remain in the sign of the scales until transitioning into the passionate waters of Scorpio on Thursday. Luna will hang in those scorpion depths as she heads towards her first quarter moon position, and then after which she will enter into that fiery expansiveness of Sagittarius on Saturday, and where she will remain for the rest of the weekend. And so just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe at about eight hours, and if you are in Australia or the East at about 17 hours, basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise as astrological transits, also known as the connections that planets make, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. And so this week, uh, luckily, the universe settles down a bit and has a tamer vibe than some of the weeks we have experienced over the last month or so. Um, And the biggest challenge will lie in that first quarter moon in Scorpio, making Thursday and Friday the most intense days of the week. And I'm happy to inform that Mercury will be stationing direct on Saturday. So we are in the final stages of wrapping up at least one retrograde energy that's going on, um, as we have so many right now. 
Yet it does get quite strong as it's stationed. So beware of those classic Mercury retrograde trickery, uh, you know, tricks that the messenger has up its sleeve, because they could be underway, especially in the latter half of the week. But overall, I think this will be a nice start to getting our new moon intentions rolling. So let's dive in. On Monday, the moon is in Virgo and then will move to Libra later in the day, at least here on in North America. Um, and we'll make a trine to Pluto and then a trine to Mars retrograde, who is now in Capricorn. And so the bottom line for Monday is that the week starts out with us getting down to business and problem solving the tasks that lie ahead. Tidy up your surroundings and take care of practical matters because it's the little things that count on a day like today. As the energy is waxing forward in momentum, giving us that drive that we need to kind of take care of all the details. The evening may require a little balancing act in our social matters as the limitations of an impending Saturn square may have us feeling a little restricted in some way. And so on Tuesday, uh, the moon is officially in Libra and will make that square to Saturn super early in the morning. That's why I think it has more of a a late Monday effect to it. Um, We'll also conjunct Venus in Libra and then make a sextile to Mercury. And so the bottom line for Tuesday is that life is feeling pretty good and we are willing to team up to work with others harmoniously. Social and artistic skills will be heightened, and we will see the beauty in the world around us. We will have the opportunity to communicate authentically and with ease. So if you need to express yourself in some way or conduct some business, this is an excellent day to do so. Now on Wednesday, the moon is still in Libra, uh, and we'll make a square to Pluto very early in the morning, and then make a sextile to the sun. And so the bottom line for Wednesday is that uh, intense dreams the night prior may give you an opportunity to awaken your consciousness to a higher level as the moon challenges Pluto's underworld depths before giving us a nugget of awareness. So just keep that in mind if you have any kind of potent dreams happen. Most of the day, we shall feel rather content and emotionally aligned because of that sextile to the sun. Uh, And the evening may give way to some pent-up irritation and volatility may be up as Luna approaches a square with warrior Mars, potentially kicking off a, a few challenging days ahead. Um, And then on Thursday, we have the moon in Scorpio, who will make a square to Mars retrograde super, 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 super early. Uh, (laughs) um, So much so, that's why I think it's happening on Wednesday. And then we'll make an opposition to Uranus, a sextile to Saturn, and then a square to Mercury retrograde, who is slowing down to station. Um, And so the bottom line for Thursday is that with the moon now in Scorpio, we can feel first quarter is brewing as intensity starts to rise. Early on in the day, there may be some disruptions that come our way, you know, because Uranus is having its say, and we may not want to budge from our positions. We are likely to feel a little restless and could threaten to rebel at any moment. Luckily, a sextile to Saturn helps us come to our senses if we choose to do so. A tense Mercury retrograde configuration later on in the day can also make us nervous and excitable, especially if communications come our way that challenge. And so this can be an unsettling day, so do what you can to calm your energy and blow off steam. Now on Friday, the moon is still in Scorpio and will make a conjunction to Jupiter, a trine to Neptune, and then a sextile to Pluto. 
And this is, uh, we technically are having our first quarter moon super early on Saturday morning. Um, uh, but I think that first quarter is more happening on Friday. So I will talk about it now. Um, and of course, Akila and I are going to discuss first quarter and that Scorpio energy um, in general later in the podcast. But I will say here that there is certainly some oomph behind this first quarter moon. Because uh, Leo and Scorpio are both passionate signs. So the steam can get turned up in many ways as we push forward with our intended desires. I consider this a very creative combination to work with, helping us to make changes necessary to reinvent our conditions. So actively putting boundaries in place and severing the things from our life that keep us from the transitions that are trying to take place can certainly be an effect as the moon will contact Jupiter, who is really integral in this new moon. Um, so so Luna will make that uh, conjunction to Jupiter on the way to the first quarter position. Um, now watch for the fine line of taking control of your life and being able to manipulate conditions to your advantage uh, versus that trying to control your surroundings and the people in it. Now, this can be a wonderful time of research to get all your ducks in a row uh, as Mercury retrograde is strong right now and about to station for forward motion. And since Mars retrograde is now in Capricorn and is the moon's ruler, uh, because Scorpio is the traditional ruler, or Mars is the traditional ruler of Scorpio, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because Mars is actually now at the initial degree it was at when it first squared Uranus back in May. So there may be a picking up of a storyline um, from that point in time. So kind of look back to see what's coming in because we may be picking up where we left off in some way back in May. Um, and so the bottom line for Friday is that first quarter is pushing us further into action. And Luna's conjunction to Jupiter early on in the day will give us the emotional clues to what needs to change in our lives. A trine to Neptune may signify something that is in need of release, uh, while, while also that sextile to Pluto later on will help us have that kind of emotional outburst that may be necessary to productively work through what needs to be dealt with, uh, making this a potentially healing day. Um, do take note that we have a Jupiter-Neptune trine that I'll be speaking of here shortly, um, and it will most likely start to flow on this day. So we'll touch on that in a minute. Now, Saturday is technically our first quarter moon in Scorpio, if you are on the uh, Pacific coast or Hawaii or anywhere in the, that zone. Um, but we'll have that moon in Scorpio, and then Luna will move to Sagittarius um, in the morning, a little bit later on. Um, and so, of course, we're going to have that square to the sun, because that's what a first quarter moon is. Um, and then Luna will make a sextile to Mars. And so two things of note this day, besides that first quarter moon I've already talked about, is we have Mercury uh, retrograde, who will make a sextile to Venus in Libra. Um, and then, we'll, then shortly after, Mercury is going to station direct. And so uh, let's talk about Mercury retrograde sextile Venus first, because uh, as we know, Mercury is about you know, our communications, our thought processing, how we um, perceive information. Um, and of course, we're still in retrograde land. So this is more of an internal process, a reviewing of some sort or going back over um, or kind of touching on things that have already happened. And a sextile is a, a 
a harmonious aspect that can give us opportunity or open a door to, um, you know, that we can step through and walk through for more of like a positive outcome. Um, and Venus, of course, is about relating and our social grace and having balance and harmony in our lives and particularly in our relationships. And so, uh, you know, Venus went through some action last week, I have to say. I'm sure a lot of us have been feeling it. There was a lot of relationship woes and some irritation and argument with other people um, that we had to get through. Uh, And now Mercury is heading over for review of that Venusian action while stationing. So I see this as an opportunity to harmonize our mind on the inside and communicate with grace on the outside. So if a loving conversation needs to be had, now would be a wonderful time to do so. We can come from the heart and speak our needs, yet detach enough to be open to another's perspective. So use this time to clear the air and speak your heart in the relations that you keep. Now, Mercury stationing uh, direct here will be stationing at 11 degrees and 31 minutes of Leo. Um, And just keep in mind that even though it is stationing, a shadow period still remains until September 1st, um, which is interesting because that's around the time uh, that Mars retrograde will go direct. Um, So things will really be starting to reverse and or not reverse (laughs) forward and go on from there. Um, So we can now officially say goodbye to one retrograde out of the seven that are currently in action, (laughs) which is nice. Um, And if you have any planets between 10 degrees and 13 degrees of fixed signs, which are Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius and Taurus, you're likely to feel this station rather intensely. And I find it interesting that Mercury is stationing at the same degree and nearly the same minute as the total lunar eclipse we had back in January of this year. So there may be new understanding that comes to us in relation to the energies and changes felt uh, several months ago back in January. And especially if you fall into that fixed sign criteria I just mentioned uh, a few minutes or seconds ago. (laughs) Um, And if you, so if we've been holding uh, onto something in our lives uh, since that time period uh, or kind of on hold with something too, we may now receive some message to pick up where we left off. Uh, And as I stated in my briefing earlier on the show, this is a potent time for Mercury and his tricks. So be aware and patient as the energy redirects and gets situated. And so the bottom line for Saturday is that technically the first quarter moon is in the wee wee hours on the Pacific coast, but I consider its influence more on the days prior that I just spoke of. And so Saturday will be a potent day to speak from the heart with an opportunity to be assertive and go after what we want on the material plane. This is an excellent day to take action and get done what needs to be done, as you'll certainly have the energy to do so. Mercury may throw a little tricks your way, but you can dodge whatever is thrown at you with ease. Now, on Sunday, the moon is officially in Sagittarius um, and will make a trine to Mercury, a sextile to Venus, and then a square to Neptune. And on Sunday, this is the day that we are going to have Jupiter in Scorpio make a trine to Neptune in Pisces, who is currently retrograde. Uh, And so Jupiter is all about our growth, our movement in life, and expanding uh, our worldview. And trines are sudden, they're flowing, they bring rapid development, and all obstacles are removed. 
And then Neptune um, is about, uh, you know, it's kind of about something that we can't put our finger on, uh, something that we may be confused about, or more of a spiritual type of inspirational vibe where, you you know, you feel it and you sense it more than you can, like, really hone in on it. Um, and so this, this trine's interesting because this will be the third and final pass of Jupiter and Scorpio making in that trine to Neptune and Pisces. Um, and so the first pass happened back in on December 2nd of 2017, and the second pass happened on May 25th of 2018. And now this is the final pass to wrap it all up. And as I stated in episode six of uh, the podcast, this is a slow-moving transit that is likely to be more of a nebulous influence than a direct hit of energy. And these two have been dancing in this configuration for a while now and has been coloring much of the energy whenever the moon or another planet moves through water signs. And so it doesn't happen every day, Um, so there's a unique vibe to this configuration as the two will not meet in a trine aspect again until 2026, and at that time it'll be in fire signs. So there's definitely a unique uh, quality to this trine. And so during the previous passes, these two energies have been flowing, calling upon the transformations needed to grow and expand our lives into a more spiritual consciousness. Sacrifice and surrender may have been part of the job in order to get there. And even though trines are usually known as benefic or, you know, kind of bringing good things. um, And don't get me wrong, I truly believe that this is one. um, But, you know, it doesn't necessarily make it easy to move through such emotional territory, you know, especially if we have to give up or lose things from our lives. Um, Yet the blessing is that our souls have been constantly guided towards that which we need most raising our spirit and our vibration along the way. And as I mentioned earlier, a lot of this influence is likely to be felt midweek, particularly on Thursday and Friday. So listen for spirit's call at that time. And so the bottom line for Sunday is that enthusiasm is up as Luna is back in a fire sign and we are ready to live in the moment. We may be feeling more adventurous or in the need of getting out and connecting with others as the Mercury trine and the Venus sextile that the moon is making uh, will be laying on the charm. Uh, Now, later in the day, we may feel a little lower in spirits, and some doubt may seep in uh, with that square to Neptune in Pisces. Um, It'll probably be happening more on an internal level since Neptune is retrograde. Uh, So you may want to escape from the world and just take it easy. Uh, Just keep in mind, though, uh, try not to go overboard, especially if you're using any intoxicants, as uh, Sag and Pisces energy can really you know, throw them back because <laughs> they are both ruled by Jupiter. All right. So, you know, to wrap it all up, this week feels like a creatively dynamic week with just a few twists and turns to get through. Uh, and things can be a bit irritating and intense later in the week with that first quarter. Uh, but overall, we are pushing further into our solar eclipse intentions and the spiritual direction that Jupiter and Neptune are broadcasting. So go with the flow and you'll find yourself healed and refreshed on the other side. So now let's take a look at the cards because they seem to add another dimension uh, to what I just spoke of. And so this week I drew the Four of Pentacles as the focus and the Ace of Swords as the grounding. 
And with the Four of Pentacles as the focus, I feel this card can really play into the first quarter moon in Scorpio and its ruler Mars, who has just moved back into the material ambition sign uh, or the materially ambitious sign of Capricorn. And so the Four serves as a reminder to look at that which you try to control in life and if you are resisting change in some way. Because refusing to budge on a matter can certainly happen when fixed signs are in place. So try to assess if your viewpoint is operating from a limited capacity. There needs to be a little give and take. Uh, Otherwise, you may find yourself stuck, you know, in that proverbial stalemate. Now, on a positive note, if things have been a bit awry in your life or you've been financially strapped, this could be a time of greater stability, as long as you're willing to structure your moves from a more realistic approach. Now, with the Ace of Swords as the grounding, this card asks that we center ourselves in truth and objectivity as we move forward. So getting clear on the motives I just mentioned above with the Four of Pentacles uh, will help us to face reality and find a way forward through any conflict that may arise. So hone in on your motivations and put the power of belief in your intentions as this burst of energy can conquer any challenge that awaits. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the rabbit. Our little bunny Fufu is here to inform us that fertility is up and creative forces are at a peak. This is the time to dive deeper and get to work on those projects that have a passionate place in our hearts. Whether it's revisiting a creation or starting on something that has been trying to birth itself for some time now, it will be of great benefit to give it a go this week. We don't want to waste this productive and innovative energy, uh, so reset your priorities towards what is truly calling to you rather than wasting time on that which, you know, doesn't really matter. Um, So allow the possibilities to flow and experiment a bit, as things do not have to be perfect in this moment, just explored and entertained. And this is a fantastic week to highlight your creative expression, so don't get caught up in if you're doing it right or if you're good enough or any of that jazz. Just be in the moment create from the heart, and let your joy soar. Now, if you'd like to go deeper with the energy of the week and how it'll interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my weekly custom tarot subscription on Patreon. Um, And every week I release a new spread that's focused around the uh, astrological highlights of the week. Uh, And we just hone in on the energy to draw purposeful card placements that can help you um, understand how what I'm talking about applies to you on a more, you know, practical level. And of course, I'm there to help and give, you know, I'd love to hear the cards and help give advice. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, I encourage you to check it out. Uh, Last week, we worked on the solar eclipse in Leo, and this week we'll be working on limitless creative potential. And so it's a very economical service. Only $6 a month gets you uh, about four to five spreads a month uh, and the support of myself in the community. Um, and so we got a little group going and it's just, it's just fun every week. And I just love doing it myself because I really learn a lot um, just doing the process for me. Uh, so if you want to find out more, you can check out uh, a freebie spread um, and all the details on Patreon at uh, patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. 
All right. I'm so excited to welcome this week's guest, astrologer and tarot reader, Akila, who I have not met before until this moment. Uh, but my dear friend Aditi, who was on a couple episodes ago, keeps hooking me up with awesome people to chat with. Um, so I'm so happy to welcome you, Akila. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am an astrologer and a tarot reader. I've been doing astrology and tarot for a really long time. Um, and it's a really big passion of mine. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you have to say about all that has been going on um, in the planets over the, you know, this week, of course, we're going to be talking about the subject of creative action, the first quarter in Scorpio, Um, but we might as well recap a little of what's been going on since, um, you know, we're just getting out of eclipse season here. We're actually taping this at the time that the sun in Mercury are conjoining in their inferior conjunction, and we're headed towards that eclipse um, right now, so we're, of course, a little ahead of the game, but let's Let's discuss it anyways. Well, I mean, what have you felt for the last what have you felt for the last month or so going on or what have you witnessed? For the last month or so, I would say it's been a big build up. Hmm. I find for a lot of my clients, myself and people around me as well. Uh, there have been some fiery explosions that's happened arguments and <laughs> I've thrown a glass or two. <laughs> <laughs> At certain people that I have um, some feelings towards. So I do think that this energy is very um, fiery, I feel, also to Mercury and um, Leo. It's just, Leo is just all about me. So if you're not all about Leo and all this stuff, it's it's like I feel whatever you've had that you've been um, thinking about, it's coming out, you know, especially with Mars retrograde. It's just a lot of fire energy to me in the air. So I've been working out also. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. <laughs> and trying to make sure that I just keep my body at least uh, releasing all this kind of tension. Mm. So then trying to, you know, uh, throw glasses like I did the last time. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's happened. I have thrown a glass in my time as well. I think oh, that's what okay. happens when you have some fire energy. Um, but, you know, I love how you say getting back in the body because, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica and I were talking about this a couple episodes ago as, you know, we're in this fiery air type of energy and there's not a whole lot grounding us down to the body right now. And so I feel mm-hmm. to like kind of get out of that fire, that passion and that heady realm. Um, like you said, like doing some type of exercise or it, whatever it helps to like, okay, I'm back in this vessel. You know, it's not all happening here or fired up. Um, coming out in the glass, you know, like grounding it down type of thing has been like a saving grace in a way, I think, uh, for this past energy that's been going on personally. So, but I feel, yeah, I, yeah, I've noticed quite so many things myself and, you know, we're, as we're talking about this, we're still heading towards that solar eclipse. So we can't mm-hmm. say in too much, uh, for certain, you know, what's to expect in the next, you know, coming days, but right now, you know, feeling it. <laughs> surprise with Leo. It's, it's surprises with Leo. Leo loves surprises, you know. I think I think the best way I would use this energy, to be honest, is buy yourself something. Oh, well, honest. I know that sounds like 
But I always find Leo love, like Leo loves gifts. Leo loves, and mm. if all this energy is going within, with all this retrograde that we're having, with all this you know, internal kind of dialogue. I would say buy yourself something that you've probably been thinking about. If it's not electronic or if it is electronic, I would say keep the receipt because there's a lot of financial retrograde. But just do that, like one thing, even if it's a red lipstick or something, something Leonian. You know Ooh, so passion. So yeah, something that sizzles a little bit. Yeah, or glitter, glitz and glamour, gold, stuff like that. I don't know. Just I feel like it will give the vibration of Leo some type of expression in the body. You know, external mm. expression. Yeah. I like that. It's like a pampering, um, but also like kind of maybe uh, treating yourself to something that the heart desires or the heart wants in some way, whether it is to kind of glam it up a little bit and put on, you know, your red lips to make you feel mm-hmm. like, you know, a little sassy and kind of feeling the energy because that's essentially like you're saying, Leo is all about me. So we got to be feeling us, you know, I got to be feeling me. And so whatever it is to help you get there um, in order to like really embrace the energy that's going on, because we're about to wrap up Leo season. I think this is the last week um, uh, that we'll be talking about uh, of this season before we move into Virgo land, which is a whole nother ballpark. Uh, Virgo. Um, so we're kind of wrapping up this Leo vibe, but not before we have a first quarter moon in Scorpio. And that's kind of what we are going to center our discussion on today for the most part. Mm. Um, because, well, A, I'm a Scorpio rising and Aquila is a Scorpio sun and rising. So what better people to talk about Scorpio? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> She laughs because she knows it's true. Um, So we're going to do that uh, today um, to talk about this eclipse because nothing is really going on. Well, I mean, things are going on this week because obviously we just came off a solar eclipse. The moon is waxing. Energy is brewing. Um, Luckily, we're out of that crazy uh, just pile up of aspects that were going on last week. And now we can finally kind of settle into the energy um, and push forward in our first quarter moon position, which is Scorpio. Um, so Akila, what do you think it's like being Scorpio energy or what would you, uh, how would you describe that? <laughs> Scorpio energy to me is an intense energy that comes from within that needs to find a very destructive, enlightening, and beautiful way of expressing itself in the physical world. And if you don't have um, patience with Scorpio energy, it can be difficult. Mm. So I think the first quarter moon even coming into Scorpio as this energy is retrograding and this is beautiful, actually, because Scorpio, you know, to me represents that butterfly. Um, and that butterfly needs time. So I think this is amazing that the moon is now starting its first quarter process in this element of it's like starting something, but then also looking back and trying to grab something to finish it to also become lighter. You know, mm. it's, it's, that's just how I look at Scorpio. It, when they're dark, they're dark. When they're light, they're light. Mm. Yeah. There's no in between between us. And that's just, we don't, we don't know what gray is. <laughs> yeah. 
what is gray? Yeah, it's it's this or it's that. And there's no mm-hmm. in between. Um, which we can make Scorpio very dis- decisive in a lot of ways, and it has that kind of severing type of Mars like energy because of that. There is no in between zone. So if it's not this, then it can't be. Or if it's this, then it can't. You know, like there's why Scorpio to me has a very much a a boundary setting ability to it, mm-hmm. like kind of drawing the line in many ways. Um, but I like what you say there about having patience with Scorpio because mm-hmm. this first quarter moon is obviously coming from Leo. Does Leo have patience? <laughs> no, she never. No. <laughs> so here's, here's one of our challenges this, this week. Um, in some respects. And we're being challenged into action, right? Because it's a first quarter moon, you know, something is kind of getting friction or, or, you know, pressure is brewing in some way. Um, and it could be just that, like we're trying to metamorphose, like you're saying that butterfly, but at the same time, we have to have patience with ourselves and in, in, in order to get there, maybe. Um, do you have any, uh, just things that come to mind initially when we think about a Leo meets Scorpio first quarter. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. My mom is actually a Pluto and Leo generation um, and I'm a Pluto and Scorpio generation. So I can tell you for Leo and Scorpio to get along, it is the Scorpion to me that has to play kind of games with Leo to get the lion to basically the ego to be stroked properly. To me, this is represents um, the strength card in the tarot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. Uh, do you do tarot? Uh, the number yes. eight card. Yeah, it represents the strength card to me, the Scorpio Leo kind of coming together. And you have to be gentle with the lion. Be gentle with the lion. <laughs> this is yeah. how I look at it with all of this energy because just... I mean, you can be very, very aggressive and, and, and fight and do all that other stuff. But it's I, my, I was always taught by my Plutonian and Leo mother, you win a lot more with honey than vinegar, you know, you'll get a lot more. Uh, you can use... Um, I think, what is it? Flies with, you get flies with honey, yeah. but not with vinegar or something. <laughs> I don't know why we want yeah. flies, though, you know. <laughs> it's, 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 it's uh, you attract, uh, it's more so about attracting um, more sweetness to you instead of, you know, because yes. I feel like when something is very, has a very sour smell, this is when you do attract flies, no? But when something is very sweet, you get more like butterflies and and beautiful, beautiful, you know, little flowers and, and, and birds flying around. It's more so like sweet instead of, Ugh. Yeah. Ooh, what is that? Yeah. No, I, <laughs> no one wants to smell that. No, one no, no, no. That's the thing. No, there you just said it just right there. No one wants to smell that. Your funk, your, you know, all of that, you know, your issues. This is what we got to kind of deal with it more so on an internal level. And that's the Scorpio. How can we kind of like deal with the funk of ourselves, but in a very gentle way that it can be something beautiful in the end instead of being alone because our funk is too much for people. That's another thing about Leo. You know what I'm saying? And Scorpio likes that aloneness. So maybe it's also time for some of us to problem to be alone to kind of work some things out with the ego right now. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's so well, many different mm. ways we can look at it. You know? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
good. She's not speaking from experience. Um, well, no, that yeah. makes a lot of sense, though, because uh, I think a big dynamic to this eclipse season that we've had, and I remember April Elliott Kent pointed it out in, I think it was episode 11 when we were talking about the eclipses, was these eclipses, and especially the Aquarius one, um, the lunar eclipse, was testing a lot of relationships. And I think a lot of people... Um, ended up uh, going through some serious shit or like parting ways um, because, you know, it just wasn't going to sustain itself any longer, especially with that Mars Uranus energy that we've had too. Um, So I like what you're saying about being able to like get in touch with oneself by being alone or like spending the time to work on me right now and kind of airing out that funk like you're talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than putting it all over people and like being like pig pen with the dirt you know, swirl around you or whatever. It's, it's, it's actively working through whatever that like murky, uh, you know, emotional layer that might still be keeping us, um, from, you know, fully, fully stepping into that, that lion power and that creative energy and that joy that essentially we're looking for, but we're never going to find joy if we're stepping in the muck. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think this is why that um, this energy is so. I, I honestly love retrograde energy um, because I do think it gives an opportunity for the soul, the individual, uh, and time to stay still for you enough so you can catch something that you others maybe didn't catch, but something about your energy may need it. And I feel like when we're born with certain energy like this, and then when transits happen, it just the trigger just is amazing to me with all the clients that I have that are born with Mercury retrograde right now, they're going through so much epiphanies because of this, you know, retrograde Mars and Aquarius and all this Leonian energy. It has a lot to do with, you know, the sun and, you know, uh, the Uranus energy, the Uranus, Uranus energy. It's like your ego. And then it's all of this future stuff. And then all of this past stuff and then bringing all this stuff together. It just, it is a lot. You have to be alone in this energy. I don't understand um, when all of this, this retrograde energy comes out, um, something in us goes within. Something in us mm. just reflects. Yeah. And just you reaching out to me, being a Scorpio, you reached out to someone that is, I'm very reclusive. And <laughs> give me a second, one, one second. See, we are live again on the podcast. There's always interruptions when we have Mercury retrograde because how other way is it going to go Excuse down? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. They're doing work outside. Yeah. So that sounds like my life. Yeah, it's been happening awesome. Me too. Here, that might be a yeah. Scorpio. You know what I think that is? That's Saturn and Capricorn hitting some parts of, I've been doing with it for a long time. And keep in mind, this podcast is live. So I am totally, I chalked it up to a goal of Mercury retrograde. Uh, as we had like last week with Annalisa, she had someone come to her door while we were talking. And, um, and she's like, can you pause it? And I'm like, no, just tell them to go. <laughs> you know, it's hilarious because, you know, yeah. we're, we're Leah. We're in the moment right now. We're just kind of playing, playing it out. Um, but I was thinking about something. Oh, I was thinking about how you were saying how people with Mercury retrograde were, are, you know, kind of coming to a lot of conclusions right now themselves and getting clear and, and you know, kind of re-triggering that aspect in their chart or just that 
full of motion. Um, and then I started thinking about a good friend of mine who has Mars retrograde in her chart. Um, and she's going through some major empowering changes right now. And she happens to be an Aquarius with a Leo rising. And, uh, yeah, she, she just really coming into herself right now. And I feel it's a very powerful period for her as well. So I think it's not only the Mercury retrograde folks, but these Mars retrograde folks are also getting like a taste of, you know, like what's next for them. And especially with Mars retrograde, that doesn't happen you know, as often as Mercury retrograde does. So, um, so for, for you people out there with Mars retrograde, you know, I'd love to hear what, you know, you're going through right now. If anybody wants to reach out and share. (laughs) Well, this is where this interview is going to get even more interesting. Oh yeah. Because you're talking, you're talking to somebody with a very um, Martian uh, retrograde energy right now. I was born with Mars stationary direct. Oh, so yeah. So um, I'm actually more so inclined to look backwards in time more than I will forward a lot of times. Also, too, because I do have my moon conjunct Mars. I'm always going back in time to see the future. And I found out that I was born with Mars retrograde actually about three years ago. I didn't know because, you, you know, when you look at the ephemerises and you look at the retrograde motions and oh, you're thinking, OK, it's years ago I saw this. And then I realized, oh, you're born with the Mars retrograde. And I was always attracting clients that had problems with issues with their Martian action. Mm. Like, oh, every time I can't get something done, it's difficult for me. And um, there was a big similarity. But I also noticed that I was able to get a lot of things done in a little bit of time around every two years or so. Every period of two years, I'd be able to just wrap things up and get the, I would just, I mean, firefly me, okay? Just, I get done two years of work in about like a six month period. And it would always be when Mars is retrograde. Mm. So I sat back and started studying all these clients that I've had myself triggering back to the chart. I did all this technical stuff. It was amazing to find how much people get so much done with the Mars retrograde, Mars and Pisces. Mars and Leo, uh, Saturn could adjunct Mars, Mars and Saturn conjunctions, Mars and Saturn, just, just in Mars and Neptune. I mean, these people, when Mars retrograde to me become like Mars, just going full force. I got a divorce when Mars went into shadow, which is not, I have my Venus in Libra. Okay, honey. <laughs> That's something that I'm trying to do, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and I have it in the 12th house, so it really wasn't something I was trying to do. Yeah. But when I had a Mars retrograde shadow happen, divorce, uh, I did the most advancement in my whole life during Mars shadow, retrograde, stationary direct period. So for those of you out there that have retrograde planets, period, when that Mars retrograde, that retrograde planet goes into its own type of motor vehicle thing, like... You know, I have a friend of mine, she has Mercury retrograde and now Mars is retrograding. She's able to just look at everything mechanically different. Mm. She's just like, oh my goodness. You know, she's looking at cars everywhere. She's like cars, the way things are built mechanically. And she's just, I have another friend of mine with uh, Jupiter retrograde and while Mars is retrograding, she's watching the way that her students move differently, the way that the men in her life move also because she has that energy. It's just, it's, it's very funny to just see how people, the different energies activate with that Mars retrograde motion. And now with Mercury retrograde, all this other energy, I mean, I think this is an amazing time for 
anyone to shift their whole life by the end of this year. Seriously, especially with the true node moving into uh, true node moving into Cancer. Yeah, oh, forget it. Whatever was going on during Cancer season, honey, get ready. Highlighting all of that with the true node passing over. You know what I mean? And and for all those people too with any Cancerian energy, it's just. This is a beautiful time to me, I feel, for flourishment, flourishing. For, you know, you're watering the crops right now more so. Yeah. Watch everything. But like another year. And when that Saturn transit is even over, oh, forget it. If you put in the work, I feel like a lot of people would be happy with what they, um, what they're trying to plant and grow. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I like that for a handful of reasons because A, first, this having so many planets retrograde right now, if we think about it, if we include Chiron, we've got seven planets in apparent backwards motion. So obviously everything is really internalized right now. And like you said, we can have, we can take this time to make great strides in our life because we're finally getting clear on an internal level of what it is that, you know, we want to direct the heart towards because we're wrapping up this Leo North Node transit um, that's been going on for the last, you know, well, it will be 18 months when it's all said and done. Um, but we're essentially nurturing the heart to make the changes necessary um, in order to, like you're saying, once the node moves into cancer, then we get to water it. We get to nurture those heart seeds into, into growth and become the mother to our own, um, you know... Our own joy, in a sense, you know, but we have to get there first. We got to go within. We got to see what's not working any longer so that we can be like, no, this doesn't make me happy. This doesn't light me up. This is a pain in the ass. <laughs> you know, why am I doing this? And so I think it's just taking all these like hits and retrogrades to be like, okay, it's time to go this way, make this decision, nurture that not this, you know, and I totally agree with you on that level. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So we want to, we want to nurture. And I think that this first, um, I think this first quarter moon just coming out of, uh, you know, the solar eclipse time is really helping that, that transformation take place and that creation, uh, emotional creation of what is next in many ways, because, you know, we, we're pushing it into, you know, action basically. And we got to get clear and remove all the gunk first before it's all, you know, before we can fully put, cause we don't want to plant like half-hearted seeds, you know, to some extent, we don't want it to be like, Oh, well, my heart's kind of in this, but I still have these fears that are holding me back or, you know, cause what's that going to get you? Not a, it's going to be a bit of, really. you'll be like, I didn't, I didn't intend for this. What's this? It's like a mutated Frankenstein baby when it comes out and you're like, what? I've been watering this for the last, you know, <laughs> for the last three, five, four, two years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this is, this is that wonderful thing that I feel about the energy about going within, because I feel like this is where you get to really just cocoon yourself alone and you're like what do i really want what do i really need for my future for my present for my past it, it's this is where that retrograde motion comes because you're analyzing the past you know mm-hmm. actions motivations um i would like to like also refer a book because i know uh, there's a lot of astrology books out there but there's a book called sex signs i don't know if you've ever heard of this book before let's see sex signs i don't think i've heard of it 
So it's called Sex Signs, and it's by an astrologer called Judith Bennett. And she's actually she was actually a psychologist. Mm-hmm. So she was an Aries woman. And this book deals with uh, every woman's astrological and psychological guides, love, men, sex, anger, and personal power. The reason why I feel this book is very, very important, and this is not, you do not have to be an astrologer to get this book. It is very uh, simple to read, and she is no aspects or anything that's in this book. It is all about just simple writing. And she goes into anger and how each uh, sign deals with anger intensely. It's not like a, a little book, you know, it's really gives you a nice amount of information. And uh, it talks about sexuality also, you know, with each zodiac sign and how each woman kind of navigates her way through this world, still with whole patriarchal way of how they're navigating their sexuality. So I think it's a really good book for anyone that's interested in trying to understand how your uh, elemental properties deals with anger. Yeah, even if it's a progression of your son or just your, your, your son in general, it's very, very good. So um, I'll link that uh, to you so you can also- Yes, uh, I'll put it in my blog and we'll make yeah. sure that people can get it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it seems so perfect too for the Scorpio energy, you know, because the Scorpio energy is very, uh, you know, sexual and intimate and going places that other signs fear to tread in some ways. Um, And especially if we are thinking about Mars retrograde, uh, because I use traditional rulers. So for me, the ruler would be this Mars retrograde for this first quarter moon. Um, And here we are, we want to tap into Mars retrograde can certainly tap into some, you know, anger issues or like something that's brewing underneath or pent up in the beyond the surface. And then the Scorpio energy is like kind of like emotions that kind of get cyclical, if I say that right, in a way. And so then we just chew over the, you know, the pent up or the, mm-hmm. but we don't want to do that. We want to move past that because I think that's where this action really comes in. And I, how perfect is it that we have this first quarter moon in Scorpio the same day that Venus makes a sextile to Mercury retrograde, you know, if we're thinking about kind of that Venusian principle and relationships, because Scorpio is really tied up in relationships. Don't get it wrong. It's very much a part of the energy. Um, and then we have Mercury that goes direct at that time. So it's almost like that day and uh, in, in the days leading up to it, basically late Wednesday through Saturday are very fertile times um, to get in touch with A, where this Mars is going, B, where the emotions are going, where we're pushing forward, getting clear on relationship stuff and social stuff and how we're interacting with other people. Because I know Venus took a hit last week with her trying to Mars, opposition to Chiron, and then square to Saturn. Um, and so what do you think about all that happening on that same day and what might come out of it? Yeah, so that's when I threw that glass. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I threw that glass that I had mentioned earlier in the podcast. Yeah, it was a little extreme because you're dealing with a lot of this. Like you said, the, uh, the Chiron, uh, Venus, you're dealing with a lot of hurt. You're dealing with a lot of things that you need to kind of deal with. I was just uh, counseling a client around that time and she was a tourist. And she explained to me that I feel like I'm just now understanding my value. I feel like I'm just now understanding my worth. She was like, I've been, she literally had gone almost 30 years of her life just 
same motion, the same motion, the same motion. And it was just like, no more movement. And I feel like the energy now is giving so much people a chance to really objectively look and like, wow, oh wait, I don't really love that. Do I love that? No, I don't. Okay, why am I still dealing with that then? I'm very Venetian. My, my Venus is universe. So I'm very big on trying to assist, but I'm also very big on being fair to myself and to the other person. So that's another thing that Venus is, you know, looking at Kyle and saying, I got to be fair to me too. You know, I can't just give away or give away or this is how this energy plays out uh, for, for me at least and the client that I was dealing with around this time. And that was this week. That's interesting. And, How can yeah. I be fair to me and you? Mm-hmm. Like not just fair mm-hmm. to me, not just about what I want, getting myself in a good position because, you know, <laughs> yeah. any good Leo might kind of go that way at some point. But yeah, no, it's about like, like you're saying, you know, what's fair to both of us in this situation? And if I'm not happy with it, how can you be happy? Um, and what needs to change? And I think that by the time we get to this first quarter moon and Mercury goes direct and makes that sextile to Venus, we'll know just where that line lies and how to move forward in a more balanced um, way that is, is fair to all parties involved. So I, I really like your take on that because that's important, right? You know? That's Venus in Libra. That's her home. She's like, she wants everything to be like kosher, like with no hard feelings, you know, like. Yes, I'm, yes, that's me. <laughs> that's but, completely me. I, I like peace. I like peace is important to me, even though I'm very Martian. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I love this energy because the, the Mars retrograde energy, the Venus energy now too, after this Mars retrograde, that will go also retrograde Venus after. I mean, this to me is really a year. What do I love? And what do I want? And how far am I going to go to get it? Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I was born also doing, during a Venus and Mars retrograde year. And it was very interesting. It's very interesting to me how um, I've operated this year watching the energies also. And to me, with all that um, personal planet energy going in, it's more so, what do you really what do you really need? You know, I don't think a lot of us know. Sometimes this is why we have astrologers and counselors and all these different people that assist us. Even us as astrologers, you know, um, there is always a time where we are kind of lost in the ether with our whatever wants and needs as well. So I think all this energy just retrograding, is, it's a really, it's a really Ionian time too, to really look at yourself um, and not be ashamed of mm. the past, own it, you know, because uh, uh, Saturn is in Capricorn, own your shit, you know, own whatever it is that's going on and just be responsible about getting the things done that you need to get done. I mean, it's, I, I commend those out there that are, that are doing that and the ones that aren't, you know what, you'll, there'll be other cycles to probably activate that. And if not, then there's always more. It's always, yeah. it never stops moving the wheel. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is it's always opportunities, yeah. right? Like it's, it's the energy sets itself up to move past something or own that or take responsibility for it or balance it out or whatever. And if you miss that particular boat, there'll be a chance once again <laughs> to kind of like ride it back. But, but you're never going to have the same conditions though. That's the thing is it's always going to be different. And so if you're not ready to take the ride yet, if anything, you're just delaying the process. And, you know, there's something to be said about procrastination because, you know, uh, 
I mean, a lot of people procrastinate and I'm certainly, have been one of them at times, you know, I have a Pisces South node. So it's like in, in me to be like, oh yeah, well just, I, I didn't see that or that will go away if I just, <laughs> you know. Oh, um, Pisces South. Um, yes. And so I have Virgo oh, North node. Um, I have a Pisces node. Oh, you have a Port- Pisces yeah, North Node? My yes. South Node is Virgo, actually. Yeah, look at that. We're the perfect, uh, the perfect yeah. nodal opposites. <laughs> um, and I find that I, find that I yeah, connect with yeah. a lot of people that are opposite node positions to me um, on either end, whether mm-hmm. they're younger than me or older than me, because I think we have a lot to learn from each other because where I'm coming from and where I'm going is the reverse of where you're coming from and going. And we can meet in the long in the way and give each other tips <laughs> essentially. Oh, I completely agree. So that's a fun little aspect of it. But um, yes, about procrastination, you know, at the end of the day, procrastination is really tied to some sort of fear that lies below whether it's a fear of taking action, a fear of uh, having success, a fear of like what will happen if I actually do this thing now. <laughs> um, and so that's something to remember if we're like pushing back the work that needs to be done. Like why is that procrastination happening? And if it's a fear-based thing, you know, Scorpio uh, can allow us to go there and to dredge it up and be like, okay, I'm not I'm not going to deal with this anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to put myself on the back burner because think about it. Every time you're delaying that growth, you know, because this moon essentially is going to be conjunct Jupiter, it goes through, you know, and so we're, we need to grow at this time. And so basically we kind of, it can be a little intense at the end of this week that's coming up um, for this first quarter, because basically at the end of Libra, when the moon gets to the end of Libra, she's going to square Mars retrograde. Uh, she's going to oppose Uranus. She's going to square Mercury retrograde, conjunct Jupiter, and then she's going to be like, okay, now I'm ready for my first quarter. And so that sounds like a little bit of a volatile combination leading up to things, or at least things to get stuff moving. I mean, what do you think about that kind of lineup to get us there? (laughs) I think emotionally, everybody needs to have a lot of activities. (laughs) <laughs> that, they need, that they need to get out and there and do. If you have water activity that you like to do, do that. If you ride a bike, do something. Because uh, I find when the moon makes so many different aspects, it can emotionally drain you too. Uh, but it, it, it could be emotionally, you either are doing that action or somebody else will come along and help you with that action. Yes. <laughs> and it, I would rather, you know, you be the, the wheel that turns it instead of another person triggering those emotional uh, things and you remember Mars is retrograde, so it is a kind of volatile time. So you find some activity to do that's lunar with water, or even that has like some type of aggression base, you know, behind it, or you know, kickboxing or something, something that makes you feel in charge of your mm-hmm. emotions. Even if it's writing poetry, you know, listening to a song and singing it out loud, channel that energy in another way. I would say instead of channeling it yeah, to your family, to females. Yeah. Uh, to anyone that has lunar energy strong in them, even males have strong lunar energy. Um, and I know there are women out there too that are also very uh, Martian that channel energy sometimes to lunar men. Lunar men need to also find another way to channel their energy, create, cook, uh, design, uh, play music, do something where your emotions is um, active in your own way. Mm. Um, that's how I, I look at this when the moon makes me active. 
<laughs> well, I like that. That makes sense, yeah. especially if when we have a an opposition to Uranus in Taurus. Um, you know, like rather than getting your world shooken up in some way, why don't you mm-hmm. shake up your world instead mm-hmm. and take the reins and take the action in order to do so? And then, like you said, I mean, if we're thinking about Scorpio energy and we want to look to maybe its release in the opposite sign mm-hmm. of Taurus, once again, we're back in the body. We're about mm-hmm. doing and being physical within our mm-hmm. own selves um, and taking, you know, kind of methodical steps. Uh, or mm-hmm. approaches forward and just doing whatever we can in the moment to stay connected to, um, you know, what's real in, in life as well, because uh, we're all pushing forward on these, you know, more internal levels and these passionate heart-based levels and emotional level. Well, how does that look like in the real world? You know? Yeah. And basically, <laughs> yeah. What is, what does that really look like? You know, once it's all outside of us. And so I think just taking those little steps, getting in the body, doing the thing, whatever calls, calls to you, like you're saying, you know, there's many different ways to approach it, whether you're going to go kickbox something or you're going to write a poem, everyone's different, but it's still doing an action, right? It's still exactly. physically engaging in life. And I think that's, that's a great advice to, you know, move forward here. The reason oh. why I say that is because Saturn is in Capricorn. And yeah. I know Saturn is a body. And when we have the moon doing so much different activities, Saturn needs to be very you know, active. It needs to kind of hold the fort with the physical realm more so because the lunar energy is going to go a little bit off. Um, as an example, uh, because it's so much lunar energy this week, I'm doing a lot of renovation in my home, myself. Mm. You know, instead of another person, it's lunar. I want to do it. So it's more, I'm directing the energy outward like that, creating something for myself in my home, my lunar environment, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, which actually is kind of perfect because if we mm-hmm. think about all those, um, all those moon aspects, those hard moon aspects I just listed off, buried in that, uh, between that opposition to Uranus and that square to Mercury, we have a sextile to Saturn. So we have the opportunity you know, the moon has the opportunity to be like, yeah, let's do something. Let's create some order in this life. Mm-hmm. No more of this chaos, you know, like let's, let's get real here and do what we need to in the moment to, you know, uh, turning that Scorpio need to control its environment into a, um, a useful, if we're talking about Capricorn, you know, type of, type of vibe. So if you want to control something, <laughs> because that's going to, that can happen for sure. Rather than trying to control another per- person through possession or manipulation of some sort, or, um, you know, like ultimatums or whatever, you know, that could come out during this time, like control yourself, control what's around you, put the boundaries in place to give your life the structure it needs in order to kind of push itself forward and at this creative time. Because uh, I, I, I don't know, I just think there's just a lot of consciousness that can be activated right now to really push us forward in a creative way, as long as we're on the right page. <laughs> I agree with you. I so it's hard. Sometimes you got to so how do we utilize, so we talked about how to utilize it, you know, um, and I mean, that's really the only way to get it is kind of live through it, feel it, right? Feel it. Feel yeah. it. Feel it. And, and if it doesn't feel right, then don't put it. I'm, I'm very, um, I'm, I, I'm very in my body type of person. I'm very person. I love to 
feel it. Uh, but I know a lot of people like to think and a lot of people like to act and a lot of people like to uh, wonder, create whatever like your outlet is, whatever your mercurial quality is, I would say whatever sign your mercury is. And that's probably how you're going to try to let it out. So, you know, put that with your moon. Like my mercury is in Scorpio and I'm going to emotionally nourish myself by freaking re-gutting this whole house and just transforming it into something else. That's just how I look at it. And somebody else might have their mercury, I don't know, in Leo and it's going to be about going shopping and you know, buying them some new fur or something. I don't know for the for the fall. <laughs> you already know what fashion is coming. You know because that's a Mercury and Leo. You know. Well, I'm the Mercury and Leo, so I'll let you know what I end up doing. <laughs> Which is actually funny because I worked in fashion for many years. So uh, yes, yes, I got that trying to Neptune. So I'm all about okay. like let's let's make this outfit. Let's glam it up. You know. Not on me, on other people. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yes, because you see the aesthetics. Exactly. And so it could even be just that, embracing, you know, if we're talking about Leo Scorpio energy again, kind of embracing the, the glamour of you and like kind of spicing it up a bit and just, you know, honoring yourself for that. Um, and you know, just having a good time with it, whatever. If you're not having a good time, I like what you were saying earlier. You know, if you, if you don't feel it, you're not happy with it. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. So basically, mm-hmm. if you're not having a good time with something right now, this is the time where you can be like, nope, done. And and moving forward, <laughs> essentially. So I think... Yeah, uh, it can. But, oh, and for those of mm-hmm. uh, people with their Mars direct, this is actually a time for internal reflection all as well because of that motion of always going and going. This is a time for people with Mars direct to kind of really look at what, what have I been, what is going on? Because a Mars retrograde person can watch the actions of other people and understand why they're doing something. But a Mars direct person, depending on the aspects and, you know, your way you were brought up, sometimes it takes them a while to understand why another person moves the way they do. Like, oh, why does that person do that all the time? Yeah. You know? And with that Mars retrograde, you can actually, oh, maybe that's the reason why this person another perspective on on that well and then even like well why does that bother me Mm -hmm. why what is it about myself that that irritates me because of Mm -hmm. that and i've I've seen that coming up and especially with my significant other recently like he's like just gets so irritated at work and i'm just like you know yes i understand it might not be a pleasant situation but this is your opportunity to go in and ask yourself why are you bothered? What is it about this other person that is triggering your reflexes and your anger and whatever's pent up inside? And that's, that's another part of this Mars retrograde. And especially, you know, if we're dealing with Scorpio energy and we're challenged by it, that could come up right now. Um, and before we start, you know, as they always say, it's like you point one finger, but the, you got four looking back at you, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and so I, I agree, especially like you're saying with people with Mars direct, um, cause we are still in that retrograde mode for many of us. And so we are pushing forward now with this first quarter moon, but not in this grandiose way that is normally kind of Leo Scorpio type of energy because so much is retrograde. Um, so yes, keep that keep that retrograde internalized questioning type of motion going on for this time being, because we're not quite there yet to push forward. I completely agree. 
go shopping, do something in the house, <laughs> find another way to channel your energy. <laughs> well, if I come back with, with a bunch of shopping bags, I'm going to be like, Akila, what did you do to me? <laughs> she Venus said it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I would say before Venus goes retrograde, you know, just... Oh, yeah. There you, you go. Know, get a little something in there before it goes retrograde so you can actually appreciate it while it's retrograde. My thank goodness I bought this. Bought that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Oh, I had that foresight. <laughs> this Mars retrograde actually um, has gotten me to start wearing red lipstick, which is not something I ever thought I'd be doing, but always was attracted to it. So mm. it's very possible that you can find that you're attracted to something very red. During this yeah. Mars retrograde. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah just even wearing something red or having something red in the house. I got my red on right now. Yeah. You're channeling <laughs> Mars. And pink also is another way of channeling Mars. People don't know that. But pink, remember, is a mixture with white. So it, it's red and white. It's, that's just, it's a cooler version of the red, but it's still red. It's still mm-hmm. in the family. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that. And it's so interesting because we, before we uh, hit the record button, we were just talking about wearing makeup in general and how I, I don't ever wear makeup for the most part. And Akila was saying she just kind of started like doing some things, but even you haven't really, you know, been fully embraced. But the only time I do wear makeup or did wear makeup, I would put on some red lipstick. <laughs> so, uh, and paint my toes red. So I find that very funny. Um, but yeah, yes, attraction. yeah, that's the Mars <laughs> rising. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah. gotta show that. And I think uh, having red hair, I think Mar, I think the red lips really helped. It just helped pop things. But my own personal take, <laughs> so I'm for it. For it, get that red lipstick out. You know, be a little sassy right now. It's exactly. So, all right. Well, you know, we've covered uh, basically how to deal with the Scorpio energy. What's what it's like behind the scenes. <laughs> Uh, and how to take in all this Mars retrograde uh, action. So I think we've done the people service here today. Um, So now I know we are having some slight, uh, because it's Mercury retrograde, we're having some slight latency and video and audio problems per usual. Um, But I think, oh, we got Akila back here. And... uh, so before we go here, uh, tell people, you know, where they can find you, what's, you know, where you're at, what you got on offer and all that. Oh, perfect. So anyone interested in contacting me, contact me through akilaastrology at gmail.com. I have a podcast on YouTube called Akila Moon. Also, you can follow me on Instagram where I post pictures and also, it's uh, called Akila Moon on Instagram as well. You can also look at astrology, you'll still find it. Um, you can um, email me or find me on, the, on any type of podcast that I do, really. Yeah. And also, too, um, I would like to thank you so much for having me on the show. We, we've never met in person, and this is from all you at uh, 2018 for us talking that's a friend of ours linking us together. So thank you for, for all of that. I'm so happy to be um, to be meeting a lot more astrologers. This Uranus and Taurus transit is coming out really well. Yeah, thank absolutely. You so much. Thank you. I'm 
I'm glad you were able to join me. And I'm so grateful to Aditi that was, you know, here bringing people together. She loves to share, bless her soul, love her. Um, and, you know, Aditi, keep them coming. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to hire you as my, as my booker here soon. Um, but yes, UAC was an amazing experience and it really helped us all, you know, tap into one another and connect more. So in case, because I know we're having a, some slight audio issues on the, some things are kind of going in and out. So if you didn't catch yeah. uh, what Akila was saying of where to find her, all that information is going to be on my uh, webpage. Um, and in the podcast and just many different ways so that you're able to reach out and connect. Um, so thank you for that. Um, now where can you find me? Well, you can find me on my website at energeticprinciples.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at energetic principles. Um, and like I was saying earlier, I have my Patreon, um, offerings where I have my weekly tarot subscription. If you would like to sign up for that, um, and that can be done on patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Um, and last but not least, you know, if you like what you hear today, you know, spread the good word, tell a friend, get it out there. Um, and if you feel so inclined to give me a, a nice review on iTunes, I won't object. Um, so <laughs> thank you again, Akila, for being here. I'm so grateful for you to join me. Thank you again, Melissa. So signing off. Perfect. Bye, guys. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, may the stars be with you.